this is Alex Burkett, and you are listening to the Long Game Podcast. In this episode, I'm chatting with Chris Toy. Chris is the CEO and co-founder of Marketer Hire, the leading talent marketplace for the world's best marketers. Chris is one of my favorite people to talk to. His ideas are electric. His experience as a marketer covers such breadth, and he's got so many data points that he's able to connect the dots in, and predict the future in ways that others can't. So in this conversation, Chris explains to me why marketers are the apex predator, why they rule the world, using some frankly fascinating arguments. He also talks about how marketers at their best are and always have been adaptable, and why now more than ever that is critical, with generative AI being just a little bit trending at the moment. He also covers advice on how to identify frameworks to identify marketing talent, whether that's in-house, freelance, or agency. Without further ado, here is my conversation with Chris Toy. I think one thing for me that's is you know, I mean, and, and you too. I mean, you're 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 not as old as me, but you know, I, I got ten years on you. But you know, like you've been there for a lot of the run, right? For me, what generally is again when I talk to people is like is unique, especially with like the, young, the younger like startup is like I've been there for the whole run. Like I've been in marketing since the whole run of social, right? Like social internet. Like I started in two thousand three, right? Yeah. So, so that's right when Facebook is like beginning to open up. So the whole run of Facebook, Google, all this stuff, like I was working in marketing. I started in direct marketing, like doing like direct mail and telemarketing, like phone. Yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. That's what marketing was. Like that, that's what direct response was. That's what data-driven marketing That was data-driven marketing now. Was. It's like it's it turned into like personalization. That's right. So, so yeah. like I went into that because I went into direct response marketing because when I, was, I wanted to go into advertising and marketing, uh, I didn't quite know enough apparently because I did not realize it was going to be like none of none of the fun stuff as far as like cool brands and like going to parties and things like that. Like there's none of that into response. But like I knew I wanted to do this like data driven stuff because I was like, oh, that seems much cooler. Like I, you know, I like I like that side of it. So I'm going to go into into direct response marketing, um, but not not kind of thinking that I mean, not that necessarily would have mattered. But I was probably still imagining that I'd be working with like really cool brands as opposed to like entirely, you know, enterprise B2B and, and some other stuff. Um, so, but that was good because like, you know, shortly after that, like you said, it became all of that stuff became digital marketing. And I remember very clearly, you know, I was working at um, Gray Direct, or it's huge agency, huge direct marketing agency. And um, I, remember, I don't think it was even called like digital at the time. I think it was just like gray email or something. There was like, this team that was in like the basement of the building. <laughs> that yeah. was literally like these guys also send emails, right? Like, like yeah, yeah. you know, if, if you want to add that for your clients, it was like this like four person, 10 person team. Um, and then watching them take over, like even while I was there, that group was going so fast that they had like renamed in like I was only there for a couple of years. And I started from like a team in the basement that essentially became the same size as Great Direct eventually renaming it to gray direct and digital mm. and eventually just becoming gray digital. So like it grew, it grew and just ate the whole thing in like a couple of years. Right. So it was really like, you know, looking back you're like, Oh, that's exactly what digital was. Right. It just like was a afterthought. And then two years later, it was the whole thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
So you you obviously you have a very interesting perspective on the landscape and the history and the emerging field of marketing. We we have to, by the way, we have to keep that in. That's going to be the start of the podcast. So we're in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's such a good origin and and yeah. kind of wrapping of the conversation. So yeah, hundred percent. Let's go where marketing is is going in the future. But uh, I have to start with a question that you prompted me on the intake form. Yeah, because I also listened to a podcast you did with uh, the Not Boring podcast. Yeah, with where you said yeah. marketing is the A. Apex Predator. And then in the the form you mentioned, um, you wanted to talk about why marketers run the world. Yeah. So obviously I have to start asking you to explain that. Yeah. You know, I mean, I I think um, anyone who gets into marketing or is around it, you know, even when when I started it, like there was always, you know, you heard it in so many different ways. Like everyone was just kind of like resist the idea that you would ever need marketing or that you know, you would have a one marketing, right? You hear like, oh, marketing's a cost. You hear, you know, CMOs are are the highest turnover role. Like you hear all these things, right? Um, you know, more recent examples, like coming up with the term like growth, right? Or like growth marketer. And if you look mm-hmm. at like a growth marketer's job, it's just a marketer's job, right? But like, oh, they look at data. Like, yeah, okay, we all look at data, right? So like, it's just like this constant desire to... Kind of like minimize marketing, right? And minimize marketers' impact. It's kind of like, oh, well, you know, marketing. If you've ever worked at like a large company, it's usually even worse, right? Like a large, like product like company that has maybe, you know, flagship products, uh, like hardware or stuff, whatever, whatever it may be. There's usually like spend so much time building it, you know, you, that's like some cost that the marketing team is always given like a lot of, like, frankly, like, a lot of, uh, I'm going to say disrespect, although I think they probably feel that way, where it's like, look, just sell it. Like, we've already made it just for your set. So there's like so many ways in which that happens. But, you know, for me, kind of being the, for that, again, being like on this whole digital marketing run for 20 years, watching it all evolve, always working, you know, I was always working, whether it was my clients or my own, my own stuff, my own companies, always like working like on the on the curve, right? Like working on like where it's going, um, new tactics, you know, whether it was social, whether it's AI, whatever. And just like kind of like what you see time and time again is, you know, everyone dismisses it and then it runs the show, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, even down to like, you think about, th- about things like, like fashion, right? I remember, I remember my, um, a friend of mine was in fashion school and he told me, like they were, you know, one of, one of the classes, they brought in um, a buyer for like a, one of the major brands or major department stores. And they were like, look, um, like here's what's coming up, blah, 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 like three, four, you know, year, like kind of like years ahead, right? <laughs> like seasons ahead, right? I mean, this is before fast fashion, right? So you're like, you're like, hey, like here's like spring, summer in 18 months, right? And they go through that. And then, and they were really brought in to explain the business. And they're like, look, here's the cascade of the business. Like, we have to know what we're making really far ahead for supply chain reasons, but also because we have to th- go and then do ad buys and you know work with media to make sure that the thing that we have to make now in order to sell it in 18 months, like, how do we know that that's going to be in, in you know? A tr- you know, on trend in 18 months, mm-hmm. right? Well, we don't know, 
we have to make it on trend in 18 months, right? Like, like, so we have to go through advertising and marketing, make cargo shorts, whatever. We have to make that on trend in time for when production is ready, mm-hmm. right? And like, that's one of the things where you're like, you don't think about it being that way around, right? You think about it, oh no, he's like, make all this stuff, then you have to No, 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 we actually have to like go and make it happen. And that's why I was interested in marketing in the first place. I was like, it's about making, you know, connecting people with the right products, but also making a market realize they might want something, which is, mm-hmm. which is, which is really powerful. And if you look at, and the reason why I say market is going to run, you know, going to continue to run the world or, you know, why marketing continues to run the world, you know, just, let's just look at digital and social, right? Like it starts who ends up being responsible for figuring out the rails of the internet and how to, you know, essentially commercialize the internet. Yeah. Right? It's, really, it's, it's not even marketing. I mean, it is marketing. It was almost just advertising, right? Like, but by the time we're here, almost everything that's being done is in service of like tiny ads. So just like little ads, right? Like, like just ads. And so when you look at like the whole realm of digital, the conclusion is, okay, by the time we got to its maturity, you know, the products are being developed in service of advertising and marketing. Mm-hmm. Because that's how they're monetized, right? They're no longer being developed in service of users, which is like sucks. But like that's why I say you know it, it kind of runs things because the reality of that business model is it runs on ad dollars, and so the customer is ad dollars, mm-hmm. you know, the user for them is ad dollars, and so and so if they're building in service of that, then obviously they're building in service of people like you and me, right? In service of, and then we're also responsible for figuring that out, right? Um, so like, that's why it's kind of like, you know, kind of, to me, it's like, we kind of run things because by now what marketers and advertisers do on these channels dictates what they build next. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, so <laughs> I, I think of like TikTok, TikTok was like an advertising platform disguised as social media from birth. Right. Like that, that they, they were, they knew exactly what I was going to end up and like, and like, it was all optimized for that. You know, so, so that's one way, you know, that I look at it. It's, it's just like, again, yeah, the, the biggest change of all time was essentially driven and dictated over time by marketers and advertisers, right? Until we get here today. And then when I look, yeah. at, and then we look at like AI, you know, well, what's AI? AI is images and copy, right? Right now, at least, right? Right now, mm-hmm. right? The, the, the big advancements that are ready for action. I mean, not only, right? It's a little, little reductive, but... You know, the part that we're all excited about is, oh my God, images, video, and uh, you know, Gen AI and copy. Well, whose job does that sound like, right? It yeah. kind of sounds like us again, <laughs> right? Yeah, so, yeah. you know, who's going to, and probably to a lot of people, who's going to cause, you know, a lot of good, hopefully, and probably a lot of problems for everyone <laughs> with Gen AI, right? Like, I mean, I mean, you, me, like all of our marketing buds, like how much are we talking about this? I mean, yeah, just a little bit. It, I think the LinkedIn feed just is just a little, just a little bit influenced by ChatGPT, right? Whereas, like you know, like doctors, lawyers, you know, other people, like they're like interested in it and they're like cool, but they're you know most of their job doesn't you know it's like oh how's it going to affect us? Yeah, us, we're not like how's it going to affect us? We're like all right, like kind of like the first time with the internet. How do we get on board with this because like, it's going to like, affect us? We, we are the ones who are going to build with this. Yeah, right. It's it's not about how's it going to affect us. I think what, what what marketers and advertisers, what marketers have realized and need to realize is, you know, at first, look at the digital run and social media run. We let that kind of 
impact us, right? We were just sitting there and it, it was like, oh, like give social media the intern. Like it happened over time that we begin, we began running the show, mm-hmm. right? But with AI, it's like, look, it's going to happen again, except this time, you know, for myself. And I think a lot of people were like, look, we're not going to sit here and just kind of have that be something that comes up that we're sitting here doing our job. And you're, you're, you know, you have a content agency, right? You're not going to be like, wow, that's that, like, that's a weird toy. Like, I, you know, well, I'm going to ignore that and we'll just keep on doing it the old way. You're like, <laughs> well, like if I don't, if I don't own this and dictate how this ends up changing content, like not only is that going to negatively impact you, but I think you understand that you have a huge opportunity to dictate what happened. 100%. Right? And that was not as much the case with most of the industry for digital, right? They were kind of resisting it. Yeah. Um, but for, for a lot of them, right, anyway, not everybody. Um, so again, with AI, so I just keep looking at these big advancements in, you know, the industries and, 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 and the world, really. And like a lot of it just ends up on our desk. Like it just ends up with us having to deal with it. And you know the other part of it of, of being kind of an apex predator um, as an industry is just like look, there are however many thousands, millions of types of products, services, verticals, or, you know, just so many things that you can make, so many businesses you can create. There aren't that many constant things between all of them, right? One of the few is that they all need marketing, mm-hmm. right? Like they all need marketing, right? Mm-hmm. If, if you have a bakery somewhere and I have a private equity firm, how much do we really have in common, right? Mm-hmm. Well, the reality is they probably both need some form of marketing, even, even like a private equity firm, right? They still have to do things for like LPs and things like that. Um, and especially with digital, right? So what digital did was bring the barrier to marketing down, which meant that every business now could do marketing, which meant that every business had to do marketing. Right, because again, back in the day, pre-digital, if I'm a bakery on the corner, there are still forms of marketing that I probably do signage, right, like different things on the street. But a big part of it was just foot traffic. Yeah, right? yeah. I, could, I could just be on the corner, and one else- one could argue in the old definition of marketing too that the placement of your store could be construed as a marketing decision. Exactly. Right, it's all marketing. Right, mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, you may not have made it that way, but it could have been a marketing decision to be like, okay, I'm going to choose a place for foot traffic. I'm going, I'm going to be far away from other bakeries or I want to be close to other bakeries. So I'm in like a baking district or whatever. Right. So, but, but now like you kind of have to maintain a Yelp presence, right? You kind of have to maintain a Google review presence. You might even think you have to have an Instagram, right? So like, if you want your product and business to be successful, you know, it's really hard to say that you don't need marketing now. Right. Whereas back then, like, are you really taking out, you know, a TV spot for your bakery? Like probably not. Are you really taking out a magazine ad for your bakery? Probably not. An ad in the paper? Maybe. Right. But, but now the barrier to it is so low. You could have an Instagram cost you nothing. You could, you know, do what, you know, maintain a Yelp page cost you nothing. So I think that's, it's a big part of it where, you know, the barrier coming down to marketing to all kinds of different types of marketing. Um, that's again why to me like marketing is this apex industry because it's just like everyone can do it now and that means to stay competitive you have to mm-hmm. and you know the momentum is not away from that the momentum is only in the direction of even more complexity right and even more um needs again like ai for content it's not about like is it going to replace anyone um, you know, most of the questions I get, I'm sure you too, is like, I mean, I mean, I asked it of you, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Like, all right, like, what are we doing here? 
right? Like, like we, we don't not need someone like you, but we, but we, we want someone who's got a plan. Mm, 100%. How can right? we leverage these force multipliers yeah. to do so, what we were already planning on doing, but at an right. extreme scale or pace That's that right. wouldn't have been possible before? So if you think about our industry compared to other industries, like how many industries as a result of the AI, you know, um, the AI advancements, how many industries really like are seeing new jobs get added, right? Like it's like, it's now a thing that has to be discussed, like probably developers, right? Because there's a lot of like code advancements, um, mm. advancements in, in sort of AI affecting. They, they might be losing some jobs code. too. I mean, Copilot's pretty yeah. good. <laughs> ChatGPT is teaching me how to write R. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, I think it's like, you know, the jobs don't really, I, I think losing jobs is a real thing. Um, but it's like, you know, it's, it's more like it's being replaced by a new job. It just sort of changes right? in, no. with every technological invet- yeah. advancement that yeah. that's the it, case. It, it's like if you were a copywriter and, you know, you write content and it's a little bit extreme version, but I was like, look, okay. So, and, and, and you were like, oh, I just don't like using a word processor. Like I write it by hand. Right. Mm-hmm. I'd be like. Like, I don't know that I like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't, you know, you might be a great writer, but like you're writing by hand, like. like yeah, yeah. You, Your writing better be like a hundred X better than everybody right. else if that's the it's case. Just like, it, it's always just like, I don't have to do this anymore. So now I can spend more time on that. And, you know, if you're like, well, I only want to do this, the part that's being replaced. Then, yeah, I mean, you know, you, you probably are at risk, right? But like, you know, AI, that happens all the time in, in, in a million different ways, not, not just these like very, you know, something as dramatic as AI, you know, skill development, skill advancement it happens all the time. It's like if you write content and you have no interest in, you know, SEO optimization, like you can do that, but it means that you're more limited, right? Now, if someone wants to hire you, they also need someone who has any familiarity with SEO, which is, which is going to be fine for some people. But it's not going to be fine for others. So, you know, I, I think it's fine. Uh, I always just personally wonder where the line is between being distracted by shiny objects and always trying to keep your toes uh, just like on that cutting edge. And like how much of it is it is truly worthwhile to invest in versus how much of it is like, should I be just focusing on the foundations? And I, I feel like AI has crossed that line where it's like, I'm finding use cases. It's, I don't know if it's going to revolutionize every piece of how I do things, but it's definitely, yeah. there's substance there. But then there's been I, I, other things where I'm like, you know, do I have to learn how to do clubhouse marketing? <laughs> and now you're like, ah, oh, probably not, you know? So yeah. it's like, there's, there's always kind of new, new, new. Yeah. So that's, that's my personal brain. It's like, how much am I distracting myself versus how much should I just be focusing? Yeah, no, for sure. Um, it's really hard. I mean, I mean, you know, and, and for us with, you know, with, with market hire, you know, we had the same thing. We had a ton of demand, for example, for clubhouse marketers in that like one month when, yeah. when, it, when it was like blowing up, like we need someone who knows clubhouse. And it's kind of a funny moment because, you know, we were like, well, what do we do about this? And so we're, we're like, well, you know, everything is kind of um, relative, right? Um, so I, I know, I know you got some sounds coming in. And everything's kind of relative, right? So we're like, well, you know, you can only beat what's in front of you. You know, there probably are going to be marketers who are looking at that and saying, I need to get, I'm going to get good at this, right? Mm-hmm. Kind, of, kind of we were saying about early social stuff, like someone's going to look at that and say, I'm going to make that my thing. And that was, you know, something for us, but like, well, we have all these, you know, tens of thousands of marketers on our platform. Our whole, our whole thing is, you know, we've got the marketers. And so we sent one of our like quick strike skill update emails, like blasted out to everybody was like, Hey, if you are working on Clubhouse as an area of expertise, like fill this out. 
And, you know, one of our marketers actually like tweeted it out. It's kind of funny. They were like, you know, kind of screenshot it. They didn't tag us or anything. And, and, they, were, and, and they were like, is this one of those things where I'm going to have, you know, five years of, ex- of experience for a thing that's only existed for like one year or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think I replied and I was like, I was like, no, like, but demand is there, right? S- someone knows it better than someone else. And that's what these people are looking for. And, you know, and we actually got a bunch of people who wrote back and said, yeah, I'm like hosting a show every day. I'm doing all these things on it. I can do it. You know what I mean? And I think like, that's the big difference for all these things. Like, you know, you can choose to get into it, right? Now that person maybe doesn't have, you know, that didn't last as a, as a sort of in-demand skill. Um, but like you said, with AI, I think, I think it has passed that point, you know, um, I mean, sure you are, I mean, I, you know, obviously you guys had, um, Jasper as a client, you know, we were dabbling with like GPT-3 last year, yeah. you know, using different stuff. And, you know, last year it felt mind blowing, right? We were like, whoa, totally. What yeah. do? But like, this is different. Right. It's different. Like, this is a bit different. <laughs> the <laughs> promise know? came true to a certain extent. It's probably going to keep coming true. It's like for me, like so yeah, seeing Dave with Jasper, like, and even their conviction on like driving growth, like when they saw what they had with with uh, generative AI. Yeah, it's like it's definitely a function of taking bets, and to win big, you have to take a big bet. And the risk yeah. is that the the bet doesn't pay off, and you just wasted a bunch of time and opportunity costs. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm thinking of like a surfer, you know, like waiting on the right wave, and it's like you can kind of predict how big the wave's going to be but it also might not last, you know, it might crest yeah, over. Yeah. And it's like, all you can hope is that you pick the right wave and double down in the yeah, right I place mean, at the right I mean, time. I, I don't think there's, you know, there's no science to that. I think you have to kind of trust your, uh, yeah, you just going to make a call, you know? I mean, I mean, we're, we're making a call on it uh, internally, you know, where we're, we have training for our, our team. Um, so we're investing in our team um, saying, hey, like, you know, and, and, it, and it, it can be tricky, you know, it can be tricky how to frame it to say, here's this crazy tool. Um, and, and, you know, anyone, anyone's playing with it, but like you said, to really kind of get your head around, how do I use this to be better at anything? It actually takes some work, right? You have to kind of work, yeah. use it a bunch it, before you get past it, you know, it being just kind of an interesting toy. But you're like, whoa, wait a minute, I can do this. And you're like, well, wait a minute okay, I can do this, right? And, and you realize, you know, for the one use case you had, you probably have to go like six or seven versions down of how you actually are executing a use case to really be like, oh my God, like I should be doing this all the time this way, as opposed to it just being sort of interesting. Um, and so, you know, we're, we're, yeah, I think you have to invest in it. You know, we're, yeah, we're investing in it internally. Like we have a whole Slack channel for the team. We'll have all these resources. We'll bring people in. Because, you know, to me, I, I really do think it's gone past that point. And I really do think it's something where, you know, in the not too distant future, it, it'll, it'll, it'll be similar to saying, you know, can you do your job without using Google? Like, like right. without looking something up. Right. right? You know, if, if you think about, oh, having, having, just having all that information at your fingertips uh, or, or Wikipedia, right? Just like these, these things that you just take for granted. I'm like, it's going to be like that pretty soon. Where yeah. I realized, like, okay, how was I even doing this before? Because there's a huge amount of shortcuts I take now from what I was doing before. Um, and it's unnerving. It's unnerving and exciting for myself and for our team when, like, the first time you start letting it just write some emails for you and, like, just, just like replies to, you know, anyone, <laughs> right? And just like, you know what? Like, I'm going to think this through. Um, like, like, when I fill out your form for the podcast. Yeah, yeah that's right. I, you know, like, <laughs> 
I've written a bio for myself, you know, dozens of times. It's always like fine and a little bit <laughs> awkward. It, it, I'm always like trying to spend as little time as possible, right? And I'm, I always look at that. My eyes kind of like clunky, but whatever. And so that one, I was like, all right, I'm just gonna like let it write it and just see what it does. And I was like, oh yeah, that's kind of that's actually pretty good. And I I don't have to think about it. And you know, here you go. And, and I thought it was kind of funny. Um, but yeah, so but I thought I thought it was good, you know. And, and I think if you use it and it's unnerving, how often you probably could be using it, right? Mm-hmm. Like you realize that for probably you know seventy five percent of what you write, just communication wise, uh, if you knew what you were doing, you probably should just let it write it for you, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there aren't that many messages that people are worth communicating to each other that aren't just like. The same thing that we've done a thousand times before, <laughs> right? Like, like you, you and me talking about like is you've done it so many times before. You're not like, oh my god, I need this really like specific special message for Chris when I reply to him about like a quote or whatever, or or, or like a project plan. Like, you actually don't. You actually don't need that at all, right? You yeah, yeah. Just like find. So we should use we should use AI to fill out our sales slide decks and all of yeah, that. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's not a bad idea, actually. Yeah, you, you totally should, right? And like, and but but like, you know, well, anything that's repeatable, right? Like anything, anything that you have sort of a workflow for, right? It's yeah, like, it's like a big piece of content. You know, when you know, you know, when we were looking at like general, you know, general AI tools for running content. So if you sit down with someone who writes a piece of long form content. Right, like, what's their process? Right, if, if I if I went to you, like, like take you and your agency, right? You get a new customer. That customer is in healthcare. Okay, do you know anything about healthcare right now? No. Right, like, I'll make it more complicated. Uh, it's um, uh, like 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 Medicare. Right, right, right. I would like, I would I would, you know, I would do like, I would do a little research. Right, yeah. you would have to yeah. do a little research, and like, where would you go for that research? Like, like, you know, like, like would it be like some book, you know, some unique book that you go from the library that you're like thumbing through that's only one copy? Pretty sure you're Googling it. Yeah. Right? And are you going to go to page like 75 on Google? No, I'm pretty sure you might not get past the first page. Yep. Like everyone else. Right. And for so most like, writers, for most topics, yes. For most topics, most of for most, most writers, you're sitting there and you're, you're, you're reading up a bunch of stuff. And you are combining it into a new version of it, right? You're not bringing like intelligence and custom expertise and writing like a one-of-one piece for right. most content, right? Um, even most like works of like music and, and and literature, right? People can say I was inspired by, like, okay, well, there's a there's a line between inspired by and derivative of. Mm. Right? And so when we look at this tool, it's like, look, it's just doing what we've always done. Just like, I won't even say better. It's just much faster and more comprehensively, right? And so if you take that as a starting point and then you put the humans on top of it, you just get a better outcome and you get a much faster outcome, right? Yeah. Where now I can be like, hey, you know what? I, I need like an article about these 10 things about, about Medicare. You know, you can get a draft done in six seconds now, but, right? but we we so the second order effect we need to talk about the second order effect and you mentioned the human on top of it because i totally agree and this is the point that i've i've tried to drive home to ai skeptics is that like 
They're like, yeah, it's just going to rehash a bunch of content that's already been written. And I'm like, how do you think most SEO writers are doing <laughs> yeah, that right yeah, now? Yeah, it's pretty much that? doing that. Yeah. <laughs> but like, here's the problem is that like, it still takes time and effort and it still takes like a portfolio yeah. to get those jobs. So there's yeah. this barrier to entry and it's not incredibly high. It's not like overwhelming, but there is a barrier to entry and now it's low. So now everybody can essentially do that same rehashing. Yeah. So there's yeah. this flood of competitive content. that's all undifferentiated. Mm-hmm. So then there's no alpha in doing so. There's no competitive advantage. So then it's like, how do you actually stand out? How does that content resonate? How does that content actually get the results yeah. that you want? And I think that's the real nut to crack. And, 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 you know, and, and that's why I love being a marketer. And I say marketers, you know, kind of are going to rule the world because there aren't that many jobs and industries that have been forced to do this over and over again in the last 20 years. Like, we were doing this every time, you know, Google changed its algorithm. Every time Facebook, oh, like Facebook, hey, guess what? We just launched a newsfeed. We're like, what? <laughs> you know, like we had a huge investment in, in how this thing was working before. And then there was a whole run of like Facebook pages. Like, okay, that's the big thing. Like people were throwing money at building their following on Facebook pages. And then one day they just turned it off. They were like, you can no longer, your posts are no longer going to be seen by your page fans unless you pay, unless you buy an ad. Like, Turn it off. And like we like people are investing millions of dollars in building their Facebook pages for companies. So just like that's why that's like for me for marketers. I'm a, like whenever anyone who's like not a marketer asks me about this for marketing, I'm like, look, I don't think you understand. <laughs> this is like the hundredth time that we've had, you know, something come along that requires us to completely rethink our entire job. Right. Yeah. I think most most jobs haven't had that happen. Right. Yeah. You, you, you're kind of doing the same thing with little bits of tools. Oh, there's a new tool. Like, there's a new way to do heart surgery. Like, that's pretty rare. Right. Oh, there's a new law. I mean, law is another one, but like the job doesn't kind of change. But only for us, it's like, hey, everything you thought about it, guess what? Like, totally different now. Right. And like, and we have to like retranslate our skills, shift a little bit. Right. I mean, take content. Right. Like, is the AI shift going to be? It feels bigger to me, I think, because it feels like it's happening so much faster, mm-hmm. right? But if you took the totality of change that came from content writing and SEO over like the 20-year run of the internet, that was a lot of change too, right? Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, again, I, I was there, you were there for it, where people were like, where journalists were up in arms about, you know, internet content and yeah. BuzzFeed, right? There was a whole time of like, Spammy, you know, spammy. Hundred percent clickbait. Right? I remember when clickbait, like clickbait was like people were raging about it's clickbait, right. and then and then all of a sudden CNN started doing it, and it's like, yeah. oh, now everybody right. does it. Yeah, exactly. So like, we, <laughs> we we already went through a content seems to be worse and more spammy because of X, right? We already went through that in the heyday of like click, you know, uh, BuzzFeed, Upworthy, like all that stuff, and early Huffington Post, right? That was that was a similar motion, just a different reason. Right. So like now we're going to go through it again, different reason. Right. So like, like when you, when we were looking at that, we're like, well, everyone's writing all this family clickbait stuff, listicles, blah, 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 blah. Every, the whole industry had to confront that and be like, okay, well, are we doing it too? Are we going to try and be different to it? Right. All of these long form things spun out, like medium and stuff like that. Right. Oh, we're going to be different to that. Like, blah, blah, blah. so we already went through it. I think the big difference is just how fast it's going to happen. Right. Mm-hmm. And everything happens always faster, like faster and faster. That's the big one here, where it's like that battle was happening when people were like inventing new sites, you know, SEO, which takes longer, uh, newsfeed stuff, blah, blah, blah. 
Now it's like we were just given this tool. Everyone's just been given this tool, like instantly. And we're just like, holy, you know, F. Like now what? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. it, it was like we were given computers and the internet at the same time. Right. Totally. Right. And we're just like, whoa, wait a minute. Like, I'm still kind of doing my job over here, pen and paper, no internet. I know you just gave me a laptop powered by the internet, but like I don't I need to get my head around what I'm supposed to do now. Like that's kind of how I feel for a lot of our stuff. I think that's why it feels overwhelming. It's like, I've talked to my co-founders a couple of times about this. And I'm like, I almost wish we could just pause for a week. And like, if AI (laughs) could just pause, if the progress could pause and just let me, let me digest just for a second. You guys too, right? Cause like, you're probably getting everyone asking you about it. Right. Like, like, you know, like me, I expect you to have an answer. I'm like, all right. Like, so you guys have figured out programmatic SEO, right? Like you guys figured out how to, how to do <laughs> all this, right? Everybody wants that now. It's so funny. <laughs> right? And, and you guys are like, okay, okay, like time out. And well, there's know, an easing into it of sorts because you, you don't want to like over overcommit when it's not ready yeah. yet and, and kind of burn what progress there could be given the tools, like current yeah. capabilities. So we're, we're cautious, but we're, but, we're adaptable. But, and but, you, you actually hit on a really interesting point that I don't think people have talked about around marketers and the apex predator. It made me think of this quote, uh, I don't know the exact quote, but around evolution, it's not built for the strongest. It's actually the most adaptable that survives. Right. And I, I find that fascinating because you did make me think about all the cat and mouse games that marketers have played for years, right. with like Google algorithms, uh, social algorithms, consumer behavior changes. Yeah. There's like always this, this push and pull between yeah, the external right. world like, and what like, marketers like are doing. That's our job, right? And that's what I mean. Like that's like our job is no longer like market. Our job is like, we are just like... Of all the people who are in the middle of like how the because look at our job. What's our job? Our job is to uh you know figure out how to make uh consumers aware of products and hopefully get them to buy them, right? <laughs> Very simple job. So we're one of the few jobs that changes anytime consumers change. So if they're using us, if they're suddenly using cell phones and they weren't before, right? How many jobs are like we have to take, figure out we, we, there's a whole different version of our entire industry that now exists on a phone. What, what are we doing? What, what is this? <laughs> right? Like how, how do we track it? How do we, how will we go? Like, like other people aren't doing that. My, yeah. my, my friend is a lawyer is not doing that. My friend who works in finance is not doing that. My friend's a teacher is not doing that. Right. You know, they're, they're not saying that being like, Whoa, like, okay, this huge trend. So any change in like society, basically any change in culture, any change in any of these changes that changes what people are doing, that affects us because our whole job is to try and get there, right? Kind of be there where they are, right? Versus like, oh, there was like a 30-year run where there were like four TV channels and two newspapers. Yeah. And, and that was the extent of it, right? And you can mail them at home. You can call them at home. That was it. That's a lot easier. Now, what is even going on? Right, <laughs> you know, you yeah, know, yeah. like, and like you said, like it, it's about survival, <laughs> right? It, and, and that's the key part. Like, it's survival of the fittest. The key part is not fittest. The key part is survival. Yeah, right. You know, and, and again, for us, that that's why like, I'm not worried about it for marketers. Like, it's stressful for us, but this is the hundredth time we've had to do this. You know, um, it's it's just it's just a really big one this time. You know, that this is a, this is not just a our, you know, iOS 16 has come out and we have to like completely change how we think about media buying. Um, you know, this is like a transform a transformational change, but actually very often 
the changes are ones that we are reacting to defensively, right? Like changing the algorithms, new tool. We're like, okay, like we got to figure it out. This is one where I encourage, you know, every marketer and every business doing marketing, you have to look at it and say, this is not, this is not one to be afraid of. Mm-hmm. Right? This is one where you have to get on the front foot and you have to have a team around you that's on the front foot to say, hey, like we we're meant to run this one. Mm-hmm. There's, there's no one for us to complain about, right? Oh, I wish Google didn't do this. What platform didn't do that? Why is this different? This is one for the marketers to run. So yeah. you know, we, we have to get on the front foot kind of as a as a as an industry and and say, okay, like I mean, again, it's it's I, I, it's definitely not a noble job, right? But all of our clients are going to be looking to us for answers. Yeah. Like they're not going to go to the engineers. They're going to go to us. Mm-hmm. Right? And be like, what are we doing with this? Right? Or how, how does this change our creative production? How does this change how we write copy? How does yeah. this change outbound? Hold outbound. There's this guy. Um, I'll shout him out, Jordan Crawford. Um, you can find him. Find him on. Uh, he does amazing LinkedIn videos. You know, his whole thing is automated cold outbound. Yeah. And, you know, uh, we had used it for some stuff and it was originally like all data driven. And it was a whole thing where I was like, and again, this is like Q4, Q3 of like last year, not that long ago. His whole thing was like scraping data and then automating cold outbound with like custom messages, right? And the mm-hmm. custom messages were still written by people. So he was like, hey, the key part is you've got to give me email to like write the, you know, the custom messages. We'll segment it. And then now he's just like, <laughs> like, okay, like we can now write, you know, one-to-one custom messages using, you know, ChatGPT or GPT-4. Um, and it's just like a total change. So, you know, when I, you know, imagine when I was doing direct mail 20 years ago, you know, everyone's, everyone knows personalization's one of the, you know, big winners. You, if you can personalize, you know, you do. And like, what was the best thing we had back then? Like, we'd put your name on it, <laughs> right? It was like, like, oh, like, if you put your name on that, like, they'll think it's personalized. And like, <laughs> maybe we cut the data a little bit by like company size and there was some stuff that we would do. Um, and then the whole big thing was like, you know, on-demand production so that you could customize a little bit more. But like the holdup was the, was the creative. Mm-hmm. You're not going to sit there and write like, you know, a mil- literally a million versions for a million person list to be like, hey, you're a trucking company in Iowa, but, but you know, all, and all these like actual personalized details. We would love to do that. But you would never do it. You yeah. never do it was possible. Now something that's possible, like it, it takes a huge leap to get your head around like, okay, like what are we doing now then? Right? Like what are we doing around with like lifecycle emails? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like we're just sending one version to like a hundred thousand people. Like, okay, like two versions. Okay, well, kind of feel like it should be customized one to one to a customer who we have all this data on, all yeah. the, all the relationship data on. We know what they bought. We know when they bought it. We know we know all this stuff, and we have this tool that can take that and understand it and write and then do this with a brief one to one. And we're just not going to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that. It's it's yeah. It's crazy, you know. And, and and it's really exciting. Use cases like that are incredible. But one thing that came up when you were talking about the outbound, and I thought about this with SEO too. The a real challenge in marketing is not just that we have to adapt all the time, but we're playing game theory all the time. Yeah. So there's like there's the first principles 
then there's like first, second, and third order consequences, right? So it's like, if we take the example of the outbound emails, the first principle would be sending outbound emails is an effective way to reach potential buyers and personalization is a more effective way to do that. And personalization is time consuming. So then like AI solves that and there's an advantage to being a first mover and like going at it quickly before others have figured that out. But then eventually everybody figures it out. So then second order effect is like, maybe there's an abundance of these messages. Right. And then maybe third order effect is people start ignoring outbound email entirely and the channel as a, a net result gets less effective. So then it's like, you almost have to like, I mean, there's the speed advantage. So like, th- that's totally a valid strategy. But then in some cases, you you almost have to think out to that endpoint and be like, all right, well, if if all of this plays out, then what's the next move? Yeah, I mean, and, and the game theory point is is really good because you know, I guess as a marketer, you're always thinking about that. Um, and, and again, I'll kind of I'll kind of make the example of just like just quickly of, of you know we've been here before, right? Uh, uh, to like influence marketing, you know, the first movers on influence marketing for like D 2 C brands, maybe like a Daniel Wellington in um, whatever it was, 2010, 2012. You know, the first person to one of the first brands like en masse to go to influencers before everyone had a deal, let alone was even thinking that they would get a deal and was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna send you a watch. And they're like, my God, this person's gonna send me like a free watch. Yeah. And like just had an outsized result, just like ran the table, insane growth because they were doing this thing early. Now, you know, that saturates, I mean. Is it saturated? But like, it certainly got much more competitive and is now a whole thing. It's still, it still is the pillar for a lot of e-commerce brands. Right. But, but those early guys just, just kind of ran the table and, 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 you know, and, and had majorly outsized gains. The ones who win in it now, you have to be really good at it. So the result is kind of like a vector of like, are you early and there's no competition? And are you really, really good at it? Mm-hmm. And if you're super early, you can be okay at it and get a huge result. If you're late and everyone's already doing it, like we were saying, you have to be really good at it to get that's the result, it. right? And so like that, that's kind of the piece here that's really important is like, are you going to make a play now and get the gains by being early? And or are you going to be really good at it? And that's going to be probably more sustainable, right? But you can get huge wins, right? Uh, you know, again, I have friends who had social media, you know, ads agencies, in the early days, I, I, I didn't do, I mean, I, we did a load of it, but it wasn't our main thing. You know, I kind of wish that I just focused on media buying because that was really the cash cow as opposed to like, oh, we're well, your marketing agency and one piece is media buying, but we'll do all this other stuff too, like PR, blah, 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 blah. I wish I didn't do any of that. I wish I had just done media buying because it would have just been a, been a, a straight shot. Um, you know, I know a lot of people who did that early on, crushed it, made a ton of money and just like don't work anymore. Because mm-hmm. right? they're just like, well, that was good. I'm out. I'm not going to do it again. I'm, you know, like, I, I don't have any interest in trying to sustain it. Um, and I've got other friends who still have an agency, you know, 12 years later, 15 years later, that were early are still doing it and, have, you know, doing great as well. But they have to keep on staying on top of it. So I think, for, again, for the AI stuff, yeah, it's like, it's like you can definitely, like you're saying, you can do the first order. You can get giant wins at every step, basically. But I think if you aren't, um, I wouldn't say it, it'll, it'll lead to failure, but I'll say, you know, it's, you should try and be aware of which move you're making. Which stage you're at, right? Because yeah, if, you, if you're yeah. later stage, you, you can play the game. You just have to find a new way to play it, a new angle to play it, yeah. to play it better. Because the same is true in SEO. 
Like I think yeah. the early days, you didn't have to have that great of content. And nowadays yeah. SEO still works. Like you, you can't play it like it was 10 do, years ago. Yeah, you, you can like do SEO, right? Like you can just write some stuff and you know and, and put it online, be like, we're 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 yeah. doing SEO because we have content. You're gonna have to have highly differentiated content. It's gonna have to be probably expensively produced. You're gonna have to have a very great link building strategy. And you're probably going to have to be in a niche where it's not overly competitive. Like Sorry. if you're going to go straight up against HubSpot for marketing automation keywords, good yeah. luck. Like you're going to have to have some other game yeah. than the way they played it. Yeah. And, and that's where it's like the, the competitiveness of our industry is also, I think, a unique trait. You know, um, I think most jobs, the competitiveness sort of exists maybe like internally at the company, right? Like you're trying to be the best amongst the people at the company. Maybe there's some sense of external competition, right? But usually it would be at like the macro, like product level, right? You're like, is is you know is our product that we're shipping better than our competitors or that we're selling better than our competitors? But like our job, in again like a hundred more than a hundred different ways, is just this like very live, real time knife fight. <laughs> Right, mm-hmm. like, like we're knife finding the work, we're knife finding the platforms, we're knife finding each other, right? Like, like think of you know if like I kept using like my you know lawyers as an example. I'm sure I'm sure you know there's a spectrum always, but you know like a lawyer, like you know if you're competing, you're competing with the other lawyers on your case, mm-hmm. right? Broadly speaking, I'm sure there's other ways you compete too. But like for us, like if you're, if you're trying to rank on a keyword, like who are you competing with? You compete with a lot of people, right? Like, you're, like, mm-hmm. like, it is, like, it you're is competing rare. with people in the past as well as in the future too. So it's not just yeah. like at this moment, the 10 people. Right. Like, like, like you're not competing to just be like the better SEO content person on your team. You're like, no, I'm actually like every day I wake up, I have to battle like the world <laughs> right? yeah. for, for these very select spots that are available. We're out there banging. Like, I, I wish you could like, if there was like a visualization of this like Hunger Games global battle, yeah. like ad inventory, SEO inventory, social media feed priority, engagement, right? I mean, how many conversations are we in right now that is all around LinkedIn organic? No, I yeah, think, and I, I think that's another one where eventually know. we're going to see the the saturation point, yeah. hit and it's like, what do we do then? Yeah, you know, and, and it's getting faster and faster. I think that's a key thing too. That's you know going to get really exhausting. <laughs> you know, is it's it's speeding up because by the time we get to LinkedIn, right? I mean, that was not a thing that most marketers were thinking about gaming until I don't know, I should say gaming, but like a couple of years know, ago. Yeah. Before, right. You know, um, but it's but we've seen it before, right? You know, when when Twitter open sources, you know, when Elon puts out the algorithm, it was interesting to read, but like it's not like we didn't know that for the most part, right? And maybe you can do some math on the exact weightings of like different variables. But there aren't that many variables, right? So you know, if you if you put any social media platform out there, what do we what do we know? We know it's going to be about engagement, because like, what else are they going to look at, right? Likes and comments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just got to figure out in what in what order, maybe, and what weighting. And you know, it doesn't take long for our marketers to figure that out. And not even marketers, you know, it doesn't take long for the average person to figure that out. You know, you look at all the top YouTubers; all they talk about is how they had to figure out how to work the algo. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Beast, I think, did a, I, I don't know if it was my first million. It was a podcast I listened to where he entirely broke down. No, I think it was Joe Rogan. Uh, I saw a clip of him breaking down how, like, how much research he poured into reverse engineering how to do well on YouTube. And right. he treated it like, like a scientist or engineer. Right. 
And like, and, and, and that, that's our job now. And that didn't used to be as much of our job, you know, 20 plus years ago, right? You could argue that, you know, usually when you think about marketing 20 plus years ago, you're thinking about, you know, much more limited inventory. And it's really about, you know, about creative. And now everyone will still say, you know, creative is king. But like, where does the investment go? I mean, how, how many people are really investing in great creative or even like custom creative? let alone great creative, right? Everyone's kind of just like fighting within these, you know, what, what can we get out the door? Because it's just very different. Um, so yeah, so I, I think, I think you know, it's, 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 <laughs> this one's definitely different. The AI one is, is different. It's not an algorithm change. You know, again, I, I'm really excited to see just kind of which marketers, what agencies pop up, you know, like what things pop up, right? There's a whole mm-hmm. category within marketing now, advertising now, that's going to pop up of AI-driven solutions, right? I mean, whether it's content marketing, whether it's media buying, whether it's auto, auto, whatever, whether it's, um, you know, data mining, you know, there's just almost everything we have is it's words and pictures, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a big use case also with, with a friend about for CRM, it's just like, you know, the, would be so amazing to be able to say, hey, we've got, you know, a database of hundreds of thousands of customers, old conversations, sales team that has, you know, some people are here and not here anymore, blah, blah, blah. But to have that kind of, that, that AI engine that can say, you know what, I, I'm, I'm going to go read every single, you know, every single email you've ever sent to every single conversation your company has ever had to have with a customer. I'm going to go read every single one. And I'm going to report back in a structured, reasoned, intelligent way. Mm-hmm. Every single company would love that. Every yeah. single company would love that. How many are building that right now? Because you totally could. Yeah. Right? Like, like, like how many would do that with their existing team? Not many. Because you're like, hey, guess what? I want someone to go read every single conversation we've ever had with every customer. Millions of conversations. We're not going to invest in that. Mm-hmm. Wish you had that intelligence? Absolutely. It's now doable pretty straightforward. Right? Right. Like, and then how many are doing it? Probably not a lot, right? So like like that, there's that, a lot of assistance that's still there. Like a lot of people need to debug this and get a grasp on like what is capable with, that, that, with these that's tools. Right, right. So it's yeah. like it's like that that is still there where I think a lot of people are like, you know, just thinking of the use cases. And usually what we what what, what I find and what we found is when you think about it you kind of have to open your brain back up a little bit to like, what is like the most perfect, if I had a magic wand, what do I wish I could do? And like, the crazy thing is like these new, the new, the new AI tools make them seem very possible. Yeah. You know, I wish I could personalize one-to-one. I wish I could read every single email. I wish I could just do whatever. And we're like, oh yeah, like actually that tool can probably do this with a few weeks of work. Right. Right. Um, that's insane. So, you know, I don't know when that momentum tips. It, I mean, as much as it feels like it's overwhelming, overwhelming now, like, I don't think that, I don't think the engines even started. You know? Yeah. It requires a different way of thinking than a lot of marketers are used to this. This is more how I've tended to approach problems, which I don't know if it's like a PM mindset or a, a engineer mindset, but back when I was at HubSpot, I used to think about those ideal end states 
and kind of chip off like an MVP to like prove it out and like step-by-step yeah. step how I would get there and what tools I would need. And um, yeah, I don't know what mindset that represents, but I want to open it up to a broader question if you're yeah. cool. Uh, Cause we've talked a lot about marketers, which you also made me proud to be a marketer. So this is like, <laughs> having a great discussion. It's like, we do you, deal you, with you a lot of stress. Marketer. This is awesome. Yeah. yeah, we probably yeah. Where, yeah, where, yeah. There's where, a lot there. Doing important work here. <laughs> Cause sometimes you're like, ah, I just write emails and stuff, you know, <laughs> you're like, oh yeah, there's actually a lot of interesting yeah. problem solving and game theory. Um, so, and also because you have this unique vantage point of running market or hire, which is a vetted marketplace. Yeah. So it's, it's like, you guys are actually scrutinizing the people on the platform and making sure that they're up to speed and like good talent. And this is a broad question, but what matters when you're hiring a marketer? What, what, what do you look at? Like, how do you predict the efficacy of a marketer when you're bringing somebody on whether freelance full-time, whatever? Yeah. yeah. You know, so I think there's, you know, I, I kind of, I mean, it's very complex now because there's a lot of nuance and details and data and attributes and skills that go into that go into it. But at the very top of it, you know, when we started the business, um, you know, that there were kind of like just like really a couple of vectors that we look at and then made it more complicated. It was, you know, do you have the requisite skills? Right. That's one. Uh, and and obviously that can mean a lot of things, right? But do you have the skills? Do you have the relevant experience? Right. So like, have you done this particular job? Right. There's a job that has an opening. Have you done that job before? Right. And have you done that job before for a company like the company that's hiring for that job? Right. Uh, so do the skills, do the relevant experience, and then are you a good fit to the company itself? Right. Because I'm saying, well, what is the goal? The goal is not just to make the hire. The goal is to make a successful hire that lasts a long time, right? The company, you know, it's a good, it's a good fit. And what would good fit mean? Uh, just like, like cultural workflow fit. Cultural, you fit yeah, in. You, yeah. Like the, you the, go the, the same speed as the company's used to. You're not, <laughs> yeah. And and that part's really hard to tell before someone, mm-hmm. we, we've all been that person or I've hired where we're like two weeks in, you're like, well, like, I don't know if that was right. <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and you That's the hard stuff to predict. You can interview a million times, right? But it, you don't know until you start working with someone, right? The, in, the interview is like the first few dates. Everyone's best behavior, best clothes, trying to yep. get what's going to make you happy. Once it's easier work, to predict somebody at that stage who's not right. It's hard to predict exactly. who's going to be married who's gonna, who's at that point. You're right. You yeah. know? Um, unless you have like a really crazy like interview process. So... You know, the first two we do through just a lot of data work. Um, so what's issued about market to hire is, you know, let's say the first two, which is like skills and experience. So what's good for market to hire is that when people from the moment they sign up due to what we due to what we take in, and then over time, especially, we have we have you know orders of magnitude skill data and experience data about our talent that no other platform has anywhere else. Um, and even the marketers wouldn't even have it documented anywhere else, un- unless they're like some like, you know, OCD person that's like jotting down everything they've ever done in their career. Yeah. Right? You know, like, like a Rome if, research file. Right, exactly. Like, if, if, you yeah. look at someone, if you look at someone's LinkedIn, they don't put like all their consulting clients, right? They got like 50 clients to consult for. They don't put that on LinkedIn. They don't put that on, on their resume, but, but that's important, right? Like, like you may have done, if I've got a pet company, a pet company that's hiring, and I look at your background, and you have no pet companies on LinkedIn, right? You're yeah. getting missed, right? But you might have done that consulting. You just didn't put it there. So that's that's an opportunity to match that that that, that goes that you can't do. The, the world can't do it. 
And so we're the only ones who can do it because we're the only ones that have now, especially again, after four years, we've got every, you know, every engagement our, our markets have ever, have ever done. Uh, we ask them to continually update, you know, even with stuff that they get off platform. So we have this data set that no one else has, you know, through many orders of magnitude, which allows us to ultimately power the product, which is like, oh, I'm going to come to you and you're going to give me someone who's, we say, suitable, available, interested. We're going to give you someone who's suitable, available, interested in 48 hours. That's because we just have the most comprehensive data set on this huge group of marketers that no one else has, right? Um, and then the way we structure that data and we, and we, and we use, you know, our, our algo and a bunch of other stuff and, and now these AI tools as well, um, is really interesting. So, you know, now we're able to semantically understand a lot of that data set. I mean, we were, we were working on this last year through our own like, machine learning work, but, you know, all the advancements in, in GPT and chat GPT, uh, we're kind of like folding that stuff in and it's really helping a lot with, with just the language of understanding you know, what's going on. So, you know, one example we were looking at today, it's a very simple example. If, you know, someone was, was coming in hiring for barbecue, you know, they're selling barbecue, uh, barbecues, right? And, and this, this is a real example. You know, our match went to someone who had experience with a company that sold grills, right? Now, that may not seem like a big deal, but just it, it reading barbecue and being like, here's someone who sold grills, like that's a big deal, right? Because before we would have to sit there and be like, let me write out like a million versions of the word barbecue so that we have this information and then put it on that and tag it up. We have to do a lot less of that now. So now, now there's like a semantic understanding and interpretation of what certain words mean. And, you know, so, you know, so anyway, so to get to your question is skills, experience. So how relevant can we get the skills and how relevant can we get the experience? Those are the first few vectors. And then, and then, you know, we always say rematching is a feature. Like we try and make it speed because I'm like, look, we, we, we might have 50 marketers who are suitable to your skills and experience requirements. I don't really know which one you're going to be like best friends with. Okay. So let's just match with speed. You get started. We have these really, you know, our, our engagement's always really flexible. And after two weeks, two months, you're like, well, right. The right skills and the right experience, because we all knew that going in. But I don't really work well with this person. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let me. Well, let me rematch. We'll, we'll take them off right away, and we'll give you number two or fifty, and then number three or fifty, number four or fifty. Mm-hmm. So you know, having that rematching and that speed in the product allows us to account for the fit because it's really hard to account for fit upfront. So we're yeah, like, I like that test run. That's a good approach. Exactly. So so the vetting is ongoing, right? The like a, the good match is really by the time you're probably 30 to 45 days is, is kind of where we put, put our marker. When you're 30 to 45 days in, you probably know, mm-hmm. right? Now, mm-hmm. something can go horribly wrong in five months, of course, but that's more just like, that can happen anytime. Yeah. But as far as it being a bad match, you probably both, both sides probably know within 30, 45 days, you know, and, and we'll have freelancers who will say, you know what, like, this is not what I thought it was going to be. I, I, I went off, you know, so they'll go actually be the ones who, who went off the engagement and we'll replace them. So, you know, those are three things. Uh, skills and experience fit gets you in the door. And then the speed of rematching for us, you know, the fact that we're an on-demand platform, right? You're not restarting a three-month search. You're not restarting 50 interviews. You know, you tell us, you hit the button. We have someone else with the right skills and the right experience in that chair, you know, by Monday. Right. Like that, like that's really where the magic comes in. 
and actually doesn't happen very often, but it's it's there as a it's, it's there yeah, as, yeah. A, as a as a as a yeah, it, it gives it gives comfort to everybody. But yeah, yeah, yeah. usually that match works out. That's great. Um, we're at time. Uh, I didn't even get to ask you so many things. Like I want to <laughs> ask you about you. You got a soccer blog that you sold. Like there's yeah. so many. So we might have to do a part two if you're down. Yeah, no worries. Um, yeah, no good. But this is great. Um, so throw some links out. What do you What do you want people to see? What do you want people to check yeah. out? Where can people um, find you online? Yeah, I can pay you. I mean, I, I think like the t- my my Twitter and LinkedIn are there. But you know, really, I mean, you, you can plug me. Um, what, 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 like when do you think it will go live? Because I haven't like put stuff up in a bit, so people. I, I'm actually going to restart my my own posting, so yeah. I'll, I'll, I'm going to do that. I'm going to restart on Monday, so that way, if we point to it, people two months. Well, it, yeah. So check. I mean, uh, definitely people will check out Marketer Hire. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Follow you on LinkedIn, maybe. So, yeah, no, I, I think I think send them send them to the business. <laughs>